Hallelujah. Amen. 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 We give God the glory. Shall we share a word of prayer? Father God, in Jesus' name, we want to thank you for how good you are. We want to thank you for how good you've been. We pray, oh God, that you speak your word to each and every one of us. May none of us leave the same. Anoint my lips to speak your word. In Jesus' name, amen. 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 Today is going to be a day for a new thing. We've been hearing about prayer. And I believe that today we are going to hear about something that is going to take us to the next level. Amen. Hallelujah. So Amen. I you to stay till the end. Stay for this, this uh, today. Next week, God willing, we will continue. But this is very, very important. Very, very powerful. There are many people who don't know what they can do. There are many people who don't know the gifts, the potential, the talents God has given to them. There are many people who just need an encouragement to know that they can do anything in this life for God and for their lives. So I want to share with us, let's look at the key text, Philippians chapter 4, verse 13. I've talked about it in the past, but we didn't finish, but I want to get into it again. Very, very important. Philippians chapter 4, and verse 13. I can do all things through Christ, which strengthens me. I can do anything, no matter what it is, I can do it. So far as Jesus Christ is with me, so far as Jesus Christ is strengthening me, I can do all things. I can do the big things, I can do the small things, I can go to any place, I can do anything, I can do everything through Jesus Christ who gives me strength and I can do all things through Christ which strengthens me. The King James says, I can do all things through Jesus Christ, which gives me strength. Now look at it in NLT or NESB. I can do all things through Christ, who gives me strength. It's the same thing. Because Jesus Christ gives me strength, I can do all things. And the fact that Jesus Christ, I can do all things through Jesus Christ, who strengthens me, that knowledge strengthens me, if that makes sense. So I can do all things through Christ, which strengthens me. Hallelujah. So I want to talk about a man of faith or a woman of faith. I want to talk about someone who is a person who walks in faith. And because they walk in faith, they get whatever God has provided for and paid for them. Someone who, because of their faith and their tenacity and their, their, their boldness, they are able to do great things for God and in this life. The Bible says the righteous are as bold as lions. Hallelujah. So this thing I want to talk about is the can-do person, the can-do man, the can-do woman, the can-do person, the person who can do anything, the person who has, has the attitude of I can do, I can, not can we, hey, maybe I can, maybe we could, maybe it might not work, um, uh, 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 people have failed it, so I don't know whether it will work in this instance. People are always failing in this situation. I failed it last year. I failed it the year before. I failed it three years ago. Wow, can I pass it this time? The Kandu person says, I can do it. I'm a winner. I'm more than a conqueror. I, 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 I'm victorious. Wow, how can you say you're victorious when it looks like things are going down? So far as I'm concerned, I'm victorious. So far as I'm concerned, I have won. 
So far as I'm concerned, I am a winner. So far as I'm concerned, I am not a conqueror. I am more. I said I am more. More. I said I am more. More. Amen. Amen. A can-do person. A can-do person is someone who knows the possibilities and can work with the possibilities. They know that all things are possible. The can-do person knows that there is nothing impossible so far as God is concerned that they can achieve and they can get to any height. If the can-do person wants a deep relationship with God, the can-do person knows that, look, I can get deeper into God to the point where deep connect onto deep. And and, uh, there's a deep place. You are immersed in water. The way you are immersed in water, we can be immersed in God's presence and in God. So the can-do person has no limits. So not because the, the, the person is rich or smart, but the person just has a certain attitude. And I pray that you and I will have that kind of attitude, that attitude that says, can we do it? Yes, we can. Not can we do it? No, we can't. Can we do it? Yes, we can. The can-do attitude brings success. The attitude that is we cannot brings failure. Hallelujah to Jesus. So Apostle Paul is showing us a certain attitude that you and I must have. How many understand what I'm talking about? The can-do man. I can do it. Not I might do it. I said I can do it. Shall we all say I can do it? I can do it. Now I can do it. We, 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 the more of the word of God we have, the more of the word of faith we have in us, the more can-do people we will be. Because a can-do person is just a person of faith. A can-do person is a person who says, the Bible says so, and that settles it. Now, there are three reasons why you and I need the can-do attitude. There are three reasons why you and I must have, we need the can-do attitude. The first reason why I need a can-do attitude and you need the can-do attitude is in order to be able to believe the word of God. If the word of God says I'm more than a conqueror and I failed a number of times, I need to be able to believe the Bible, which says that I am a victor, I am victorious, that I I have overcome. I'm not going to overcome, but I have overcome. If someone feels that they are failing in life and they, they are cursed and there's no blessing in their lives, it is a person who believes the word of God who will say, well, the Bible says in Ephesians 1.3, blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who has blessed me with all spiritual blessings in heavenly places in Christ Jesus. Hallelujah to Jesus. The kind of person is the person who is saying that, look, it doesn't matter what happens. Yes, it could be that I was in darkness, but I know that my God says in Colossians chapter 1, verse 13, that he who have delivered me from the power of darkness and has translated me into the kingdom of the son of his love or of the son of his love or translated us into the kingdom of his dear son. Let me get that verse. Hallelujah to Jesus. Colossians chapter one, verse 13. Who hath delivered us from the power of darkness and hath translated us into the kingdom of his dear son. Other, uh, uh, which also means the, into the kingdom of the son of his love. Hallelujah. So we need the can-do attitude in order to be able to believe the word of God. 
Hebrews chapter 11. Let's look at Hebrews chapter 11, verse 6. How many want that can do attitude? How many see that they can do attitude is the attitude we need to attempt great things for God? You need a can do attitude. If you don't have a can do attitude, you will not even be able to attempt not normal things for God because there's an enemy and there are going to be there's going to be a lot of resistance for you and I to even achieve the base things for God. So if we are going to achieve great things for God, we need the can do attitude. That's why Apostle Paul said, I was going, but Satan hindered me. Our Apostle Paul said, pray for us that doors of utterance will be opened. Hebrews 11, 6 says, but without faith, if I let's start from verse 1, why not? It's our church. We are not going anywhere. Now faith is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen. For by it, the elders obtained a good report. Through faith, we understand that the worlds were framed, or the universe was framed by the word of God. So that things which are seen were not made of things which do appear. Then verse 4. By faith, Abel offered unto God a more excellent sacrifice than Cain, by which he obtained witness that he was righteous, God testifying of his gift, and by it he being dead yet speaking. God accepted Abel's offering, and God rejected Cain's offering. Now, some might say it's because Cain's offering was uh, vegetables, and Abel's offering was a, a sacrifice of a, a, a slain animal. That could be true, that could be whatever, but Hebrews 11, 4, explains why God accepted Abel's and rejected Cain's. Abel's offering was given, or sacrifice was given by faith, Cain's was not. Verse 5. By faith, Enoch was translated that he should not see death. The Bible says in Genesis that Enoch was not because God took him. Now, Hebrews 11.5 explains what that means. It means that by God taking him, he was translated. By faith, Enoch was translated that he should not see death and was not found because God had translated him. For before his translation, he had this testimony that he pleased God. And then verse 6, for without faith, it is impossible to please him. For he that cometh to God must believe that he is, and that he is a rewarder of them that diligently seek him. So we need to be able to believe the word of God, which means when you and I believe the word of God, we will diligently seek God. And if we are diligently seeking God because we believe the word of God, we will please God. The people who don't believe the word of God do not diligently seek him because it takes a lot of effort in this life and a lot of sacrifice to diligently seek God. Even just to seek him, you need a lot of effort. How much more to diligently seek him? The effort and the time it takes to diligently seek God. Hallelujah to Jesus. And also without faith, we cannot even be saved. Now, 2 Corinthians chapter 5, verse 7 says, For we walk by faith and not by sight. So it means that, what does it mean to walk by faith and not by sight? It means, for we walk by the word of God and not by what we see. For we walk by the word of God and not by what we hear. For we walk by the word of God and not by what we feel. We walk by faith and not by sight not by circumstances, but by faith. 
Because if we walk by faith, then we are walking by the word of God and we believe the word of God. If the word of God says I should do something, I will do it because the Bible says so. If the word of God says I shouldn't do something, I will try not to do it because the Bible says so. If the word of God says I should give up everything and follow Jesus, I will try to do that. If the word of God says that I am an overcomer, I must believe it. If the word of God says that God has given us the spirit of, uh, the, the garment of praise for the spirit of heaviness, I must accept it and believe it. I must believe it. If there's something I'm, I'm, I'm struggling, some addiction, and I'm, I'm struggling with it, I must believe the word of God which says that I've already been delivered from that addiction. Past tense. Past tense. I have already been delivered. Colossians 1.13. And I've been translated into the kingdom of the son of God's love. What do you think? It is can do people who achieve a certain mindset. Even to speak in tongues, you need a certain can do attitude. Because you are just there. At the point you wonder, I mean, what I'm saying is, is it, I mean, how many have felt that the tongues are not real? The devil told you that. Yeah, all of us. Amen. Anytime there's something the devil is fighting, it means that it is very powerful. The devil fights us also by encouraging us or, or this, rather discouraging us from using the tools that will hurt him. Any tool that will hurt the devil, the devil will discourage you and I from using it. Hallelujah. That's why people say that there's a book called The Charismatic Phenomenon. My uncle gave me The Charismatic Phenomenon. So I read it. I need to look for it and read it again because in those days, I, I, I was trying to enter into Christ and I was almost like a new convert. Yeah, I was a new convert. So I, at least I've, I'll know, I know just a bit more, just a bit more to be able to appreciate it a lot more. But some of the things that were being said in the charismatic phenomenon were that tongues had ceased. And it was for the apostles' time. Miracles and all those things had ceased. When the last apostle died, all those miracles ceased. But the thing is that, isn't that what the devil said? But the devil is a liar. Why do you believe the devil? How can you believe the devil? Does that mean the name of Jesus ceased? When the Bible says that it was faith in the name of Jesus that made that man walk, and that gave him strength, and gave him perfect soundness in the presence of them all, it was not the apostle's power. It was the name of Jesus that did it. But the name of Jesus that saved in those days is the same name of Jesus that is saving now. The name of Jesus that heals is the same name of Jesus that healed. The same, the, the, hallelujah to Jesus. When the Bible says that the promise of the Holy Spirit in speaking in tongues was it, it is for the people who were standing there. Uh, when apostle, the, the apostles were there, and then to their children, and to their children's children, and to all those who are afar off. Even as many as the Lord our God shall call, are we not part of as many as who are far off? So when you and I, be, when you and I are can do people, we will believe the word of God and we will not let anything stop our tongues. We will not let anything stop prophecies if you are prophesying. Forbid not to prophesy and forbid not to speak in tongues. What do you think? To be a can do person, we need to. You see, without being a Kandu person, you can't believe in healing. I told you I tried to raise the dead three times. <laughs> Literally. Literally. It's Kandu. 
if today, I mean, it didn't work, but if today there's somebody who is there, I'll go and pray for the person if I know the person. Or I've been told, you know what, somebody is dead. I'll pray that, I mean, it's not my power. I'm not bragging on myself. That's but it. Person, the person doesn't get up. I, 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 I'm not ashamed because I didn't see I had power. Um, the only thing is that I believe too much the Bible. Amen. And it didn't work. I'm not ashamed. That's it. Just that I, I overbelieved. And it is, it's, that's what God wants. It's better to overbelieve. I'm not ashamed. There was a guy who had no eyeballs in a crusade. And I, I was like, oh, wow, somebody's ears pop open and also some miracles. So I, I saw this guy the next day and I said, okay, I'm going to uh, open, I'm going to pray for eyeballs to come back. In front of the whole crowd, I prayed, nothing happened. I touched it, nothing happened. I went back to the floor because it's not, I'm not bragging on me, I'm bragging on Jesus. That's it. I can do person is bragging on Jesus. Amen. When I went to the hospital, I prayed for the person to get up from the dead and they didn't, uh, no problem. Can do, you believe it. You believe it. You believe it. You believe it. A can do person can do anything because the Bible says so. It's a can do person is a sticker of the Bible. When the Bible says it, it settles it. If you and I are able to find scripture, is it prosperity? Find scripture. Look at Jacob. Look, no matter what happened, no matter how much he was going to be cheated, he it, it was not possible for him to not prosper. That's right. That's Jacob, right. There was confusion. So he moved to another place and prospered there. Hallelujah. So that's number one. We need the can-do attitude in order to be able to believe the word of God. Because Amen. the person says, wow, Jesus said that the works that I do shall you do also, and greater works than these shall you do because I go unto my father. Then I ask myself, what works did the works did Jesus do? Some of the conservative Christians say that the works were only the preaching, and that was it. Why are you doing that? Why are you limiting God? Do you think God doesn't know how to write that? The works, the works of preaching I did shall you do, and greater works of preaching shall you do because I go to my father. Don't you know he can say that? Don't you know how specific God is? But Jesus said, the works that I do, what are the works? The preaching. He preached to a big crowd, but we, pre- I mean, the pastors now can preach to millions of people, hundreds of thousands of people, larger crowds. Jesus was confined to a certain area. Now the greater works are preaching to multitudes in different countries. And also if Jesus was able to heal in every department, medical department, you and I, we can be able to heal in every department. If Jesus was able to raise the dead, we can raise the dead. So Amen. you should be able to raise the dead. Amen. You don't have to be a pastor to do that. Hallelujah. Amen. Number two, we need the can-do attitude in order to obey what God tells us to do. Now, this is different from obey God, sin, don't sin, don't lie, don't fornicate. That's not what we are talking about. Because that one, we already know what to do. But we are talking about things God tells us to do. For example, God told Joshua, Joshua, I want you to go to the promised land, and I want you to overtake the promised land and to conquer the promised land. I am telling you to do it, and you need to be courageous. You need a can-do attitude to go and do it. 
God says, you know it in your heart. God has spoken to your heart. Start this business. Or God has spoken to your heart and tells you to do something that is not convenient or it's a bit uh, uh, mysterious or you, it, it, it's, it's a bit troubling or it's a big leap of faith. The candle person, in order to obey that word that God tells them to do, they need that attitude of a candle. You cannot take great territories for God. You cannot conquer. You cannot do great things in this life unless you have a certain can-do attitude. I don't know how to preach it to somebody. Let's turn our Bible to Joshua. Joshua or Yehoshua. Chapter 1, verse 7. Yehoshua. Hallelujah. Yeah, I see some Mikita folk. How are you guys doing? All right. Amen. Joshua. Chapter 1 and verse 7. Now, this is very important because Moses had died. And Joshua, Moses had, before he died, Moses anointed Joshua. And when Moses anointed Joshua, Joshua took over. Now, God spoke to Joshua and wanted to tell Joshua certain things from verse 1. We're going from verse 1 to 7. Now, after the death, oh, I'm in Judges. Uh, Joshua or Joshua or Yehoshua. Jesus is Yeshua. Joshua is Yehoshua. Joshua. Now, after the death of Moses, the servant of the Lord, it came to pass that the Lord spake unto Joshua, the son of Nun, Moses' minister or servant, saying, So Moses had died. Now God is speaking to Joshua, Moses' servant. Moses, my servant, is dead. So imagine, God buried Moses himself. No human being buried Moses. God himself buried Moses. Hey. Oh, the shock. Wow. Moses, my servant, is dead. Now, therefore, arise, go over this Jordan, thou and all these people, unto the land which I do give to them, even to the children of Israel. Now, remember that they are giants in the land. They were like grasshoppers in their sight, which was a fact. The fact was that compared, compared to the children of Israel, there were giants in the land. And those giants were so big that they could not overcome them. Even the grapes that were in that place were so huge that two people needed to carry them, the grapes. There were giants in the land. Now God is telling Joshua that go to that place. And overcome, overtake that place. Then verse 3, every place that the sole of your feet shall tread upon, that have I given unto you, as I said unto Moses. Now, if you don't have a can-do attitude, you will not believe what God is saying to Joshua, that every place the sole of your feet shall touch, I have given to you. You will not believe it. From the wilderness and this Lebanon, even unto the great river, the river Euphrates, which is very close to the Garden of Eden, which is some, somewhere in the Saudi Arabia, Iran, Iraq, Petra uh, Crescent, those areas, uh, Mesopotamia, those kind of areas. That's where the Garden of Eden is. Now, it's the Garden of Eden on earth now. You sure bet it is, but no human being can get there. There are two cherubs that are guarding the place. Anyway, it's because of the Euphrates I mentioned it. Another time we'll talk about that. All the land of the Hittites and unto the great sea toward the going down of the sun shall be your coast. Verse 5. So God has told him, go 
and has told him that there are going to be great things. Every place the soul of a feet shall touch is yours. And then he gave him an example, the river Euphrates, the Hittites, the land of the Hittites, all those places have I given to you. Then verse 5, there shall not any man be able to stand before thee all the days of your life. Now you tell me that if he, Joshua didn't have a can-do attitude, there is no way he would have believed this. Therefore, there shall no man, there shall not any man be able to stand before thee all the days of your life. As I was with Moses, so I shall, so will I, so I will be with thee. I will not fail thee, nor forsake thee. Verse 6. Be strong and of good courage, or be a can-do man. Be strong and of good courage. Unto this people shall thou divide an inheritance, the land which I swear unto thy fathers to give them. He swear that unto Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. Now verse 7. Only be thou strong and very courageous. courageous. Very. Be strong. You need strength. We'll talk about that later on in the Candle Man series. But you, you need strength. You, you need to be strong and bold and say, look, whatever happens, happens. God Amen. said, and that settles it. I am doing it. Amen. Hallelujah. Amen. That thou mayest observe to do. Remember, in order to obey what God tells us to do, we need a Candle attitude. Be, only be thou strong and very courageous that thou mayest observe to do according to all the law, which Moses, my servant, commanded thee. Turn not from it to the right hand or to the left, that thou mayest prosper whithersoever thou goest. So God is telling Joshua, be strong and courageous. courageous. Go to the land I have told you. Every place of the sole of your feet shall touch, I have given to you. I will be with you like I was with Moses. Now be strong and very courageous. And I'm telling you that the law, the word of God, do not tend to from, the, from it. Don't move, don't shift to the left or to the right. Just focus on the word. And when you don't tend to, uh, away from it, you prosper wherever you go because you are following the word. I don't know that I'm speaking to somebody here. I appreciate So you and I need them can do attitude to obey God. No matter what, you and I must say, I will obey. I can do this. I can do it. I will obey God. We have been given all things in life that pertain unto life and godliness. You and I, we must have this can-do attitude so that we can excel. Look at James chapter 1, verse 22. The can-do man, I can do, not I might do. That doesn't hold. Or I did, and I, that's the end. No, I, I did, and I can do. David, King David was a can-do man. He said, look at this giant Goliath that I'm about to deal with. I have no strength against him, but the same God that delivered me from the paw of the lion and of the bear, that same God is going to deliver me from the hands of this uncircumcised Philistine. Circumcised Philistines, seeing he defies the armies of the living God. He used what God had done for him and knew that because God did it before, God will do it again. James 1.22 says, But be ye doers of the word, and not hearers only, deceiving 
cells. First John 5, 3. First John chapter 5 and verse 3. Am I preaching to somebody? Very, 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 very important. First John chapter 5 and verse 3 says, For this is the love of God, that we keep his commandments, and his commandments are not grievous. A Kandu person, God's commandments are not grievous. Yeah, you might be, it might be difficult to obey, but it's not grievous. You understand why it, is, it should be done. You want to do it. You want to keep God's commandments. It is not grievous because you want to keep it. You wish you could keep it. Deep down in your heart, you want to keep it, but you might be having difficulties doing it, and God will help you. But someone who does not have the love of God is someone who says, the commandments, I don't like it at all. I don't want to do it. They are different people. What do you think? So what's the first reason for the can-do attitude? Or the, the, the can-do attitude, number one, in order to be able to, to believe, believe the word of God. Word to believe it. To believe it. God says it. God said that if I go to the promised land, every place the sole of my feet shall touch. Pastor Fred, how? They are blessed. Every place the sole of my feet shall touch, God will give it to me. Amen. I, how is that possible with the giants? I was one of the people who went and I saw the giants in the land. And God is telling me that every place the sole of my feet shall touch is mine. Anyway, God said it. I believe it. Amen. Amen. Number two, in order to obey what God tells us to do, God said, go. And make sure that the Bible, the word of God, you don't shift from the, to the left or to the right. Okay, I'll do that. Number three, in order that we can do the works of God in our time. Oh, glory to God. I said, in order that we can do the works of God in our time. Look at Numbers chapter 13. Let's start from 27 to 30. Numbers. Oh, I said you and I can do the works of God in our time. Amen. We can do the works of God in our time. We can do the works of God in our time. Let's start from 29. It's fine. Or oh, oh, yeah. 29. The Amalekites dwell in the land of the south, and the Hittites the Jebusites and the Amorites dwell in the mountains and the Canaanites dwell by the sea and by the coast of Jordan. And Caleb stilled the people before Moses and said, let us go up at once and possess it for we are well able to overcome it. This is when the children of Israel sent the spies and the 12 said, as soon as the children of Israel were waiting, waiting, they, they had sent spies to the land. Moses and the children of Israel were waiting. Then they saw the 12 spies coming. And then they were all waiting in anticipation. Then 10 of the spies started weeping as they were entering. Weeping and wailing. When the people saw them weeping, of course, I'm also adding some movie, uh, some extra. 
But as they saw them wailing, then they also started wailing. What is it? What is it? Then the ten spies said, Look, we are like grasshoppers in their sight. We saw the sons of Anak. We saw the giants in the land. We are not well able to take it. Then wailing. Wailing. Then Joshua. Let me go back to 29 so you understand it. Or Caleb. And, uh, 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 and Caleb stilled the people before Moses and said, let us, go up, uh, let us go up at once and possess it, for we are well able to possess it. We are well able, able to overcome it. But the men that went up with him said, we be not able to go up against the people, for they are stronger than us which was true, most likely. But the fact that they are stronger than you, that does not mean that they are stronger than God. God said, stand still and behold, the battle is not yours, but God's. So if they are stronger than you, there's no problem there because the battle is not yours, but God's. The Bible says, when the children of Israel, in 2 Chronicles chapter 20, from verse 1 to later on 20, some getting to the end, the Bible says that, there were so many people, so many nations which were going to annihilate the children of Israel. They fasted and prayed. They called for a solemn assembly. They prayed, they fasted, and the spirit of the Lord came upon Jehaziah, and he prophesied. And most likely he said, God is telling us that he would fight the battle for us. We do not need to fight the battle ourselves, but we need to present ourselves. Now, I believe God is telling us, of course, I'm also adding some beef to it, but most likely what I'm saying is the case, but it's not in the Bible. Uh, most likely, God, God is telling us that we should put the young ladies who are singing and the worship team and the drummers, put them ahead of the army. And let's go and God will give us the victory. Because the battle is not for us, but for God. Then the people of Israel started to grow up and say, what are you saying? Are you, we can't even fight the people. And you are telling us that we, we, we are like uh, 800,000 versus uh, 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 10 million. And you want us to be killed so fast, to put the worship team and the young children who are playing the keyboard, and playing, we should put them in front of the army. So there was an uproar. That's why the Bible says, look at 2 Chronicles 2020. And Jehoshaphat said, hear me, O Judah. Most likely it was because of the uproar that Jehoshaphat would say, hear me, O Judah, and ye inhabitants of Jerusalem. Believe in, okay, so, okay, that, that's it here. And they rose early in the morning and went forth into the wilderness of Tekoa. And as they went forth, Jehoshaphat stood and said, Hear me, O Judah, and ye inhabitants of Jerusalem, believe in the Lord your God. So shall ye be established, or so shall ye a man be nurtured, be fostered, as you believe in the Lord your God. Believe his prophets, and you will salak, you will break out of your boundaries, you will push forth mightily. So believe what the prophet is saying that puts the worship team ahead. Go to the next verse and you see what I'm talking about. And when he had consulted with the people because of the uproar, he appointed singers unto the Lord, 
and that you praise the beauty of holiness as they went out before the army and to say, praise the Lord for his mercy and glory forever. When you read it on, you realize that it was the worship team that was leading them. And the Bible says that the Lord ambushed the enemy. Mm. By ambush, when there's an ambush, there's a perimeter. That's right. And anyone within the perimeter will not survive. That's right. Ambush. And the Bible says the Lord ambushed them. How did the Lord ambush them? They fought against each other till the last man died. And the spoil that was left for the children of Israel with gold, how can you be carrying gold and precious jewels for a war? Because the wealth of the wicked who glory to God, the wealth of the wicked and unrighteous are reserved for the righteous. Hallelujah to Jesus. So the Bible says that they took spoil, gold and precious jewels more than they could carry away. So the battle is not going to be for us, but for them. Amen. So Joshua was saying that, don't worry. Yes, there, there, there are giants in the land, but it is God who is going to fight for us. Amen. So he said, we are well able. We are well, we are able, well able to take it. And that's what the Bible says. And Caleb still the people before Moses and said, let us go up at once and possess it, for we are well able to overcome it. Hallelujah to Jesus. So when you have the can-do attitude, you will be able to do great works for God. The Bible says, the people, I said the people, mm. I said the people, the people, not the person, but the people who do know their God shall dismiss and take action. I said they will take action. Amen. Daniel chapter 11, verse 30. Let's start from 31, 32. Many people know this verse, but they don't know what it led to the verse. Hallelujah to Jesus. And uh, an arm shall stand on his path, and they shall pollute the sanctuary of strength, and shall take away the daily sacrifice, and they shall, pol- uh, uh, and they shall place the abomination that maketh desolate. And such as do wickedly against the covenant shall he corrupt by flatteries. Who glory to God, but the people. I said the people. People. But the people that do know their God shall be strong and do exploits. Is that the people who do know their God shall display strength and take action. When you know God and you are a can-do person, you are going to display strength and you are going to do exploits for God. You are going to take action. Now, this verse... There's no time to go into it, but I shared in detail about it on the 21 reasons why I must not be left behind. Now, when you read it, there was a time that the Gentiles, Antipas, uh, I might get his name wrong, but it's, you know, if you know the name, you, you see that I was dead. I, I mean, I said it, uh, but Antipas or whatever his name was, he was someone who, I mean, this, this is history, who went to Jerusalem. And when he went to Jerusalem, he took over the, 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 the modern day Palestine area and he took over the temple and he started to he stopped the daily sacrifice this was the first abomination of desolation or the first abomination that made it desolate the second one is when the antichrist was sitting in the holy of holies but that one is for another time so in history there was a king if you don't understand just know that in history there was a king who took over the Jewish people, 
area, that Palestinian area. And in doing the temple, the, the temple that was built by Solomon, which was rebuilt by Herod the, Great, Herod the Great, the Bible says that he took over that temple. When he took over the temple, he stopped the price. So no one can sacrifice there. And then what he did was that he placed the abomination that make it desolate. What does that mean? He, he, he erected a, 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 a pig, swine. He erected a pig, killed it and slaughtered it and erected it and, and de desecrated the holy, the most holy place. So therefore, it made it desolate. When that happened, there was a man called Judas Maccabees who said, no way, you are not going to accept this. If this is what the man is doing, enough is enough. So he led the Maccabean revolt and revolted against this king and threw him away. Hallelujah. So the people who do know their God, that's why it says that when you, when you read verse 31, an arm shall stand on his path and they shall pollute the sanctuary of strength and they shall take away the daily sacrifice and they shall place the abomination that maketh desolate. And such as do wickedly against the covenant shall he corrupt by flatteries. But the people that do know their God shall be strong and take action or do exploits. So the same way they took action to throw away the enemy, in the same way you and I, when we know God and we are can do people, we will take action. I don't mean take action against people, but take action against the, the powers of darkness. Take action against the enemies. Take action to do great things for God. Take action to, 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 to help people to do something great in this life. We will take action. To, we will take action to fulfill the good works that God gave us to do long ago. We will take action. We will do the works of God that God gave us to do. When we are can do people. What do you think? That's right. When you decide to be a can-do person, God will give you and I the resources we need to fulfill the great things we are supposed to do. How many want to be can-do people? This is a very good thing to be a can-do person. I can do it. I said, I can do it. Can we do it? No, we can't, no. Can we do it? We failed last time. That's not a can-do person. A can-do person doesn't matter, matter whether they fail 20 times. The 21st time they are succeeding because I can do it. I said, what? Well, I can do it. Joshua and the children of Israel, because of the sin of Achan, they failed the first fight with Ai, a small town, city. They failed. The fact that there was a failure before does not mean there's not going to be success in the future. The second time, when the abomination was taken away or the, 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 the unclean thing, they went and they destroyed Ai, the enemy. Now, I was doing outreach on time, and someone said, about, oh, what would I say about God who caused the slaughter of so many people in the Old Testament? But there was a reason for that. Even in archaeology, archaeology is able to prove, the new, as for the New Testament, the archaeological evidence is overwhelming. When you say something is overwhelming, it means there's so much, you can't, you don't even have enough time to look at the evidence. Archaeological evidence from David the king onwards is plenty. Even Joseph. But as they kept digging and they realized, they, they realized that during the time of, uh, uh, of Joshua, there were a lot of 
mixed religions. They could see that they, they, they were mixtures of Judaism or, or yeah, Judaism and other idol uh, religions. Why? God told them that if you don't take the people away, they are going to corrupt you and they are going to mix with you. So those people were polluted. Most likely, some of them might even have been half-breeds. So those people were so polluted that if they had remained, I mean, they, 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 they were polluted. And very few like Rehab were okay. But that's another topic. Hallelujah. Amen. Yeah. As for the Bible, it stands the test of time. Even archaeology. From David the King's time, plenty. Even Joseph, they found an inscription about uh, 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 with someone who had a Hebrew name, who was a prince of Egypt, who, whose, whose look was not Egyptian, but he was as an Egyptian. But I'm sure another time. What do you think? So how many see why the three reasons, how many understand why the three reasons to become good people are very important? I can That's right. Number one, to believe what God says. Amen. Amen. Number two, to obey God. When God says do Number three, to do the great works God has given us. Hallelujah to Jesus. Amen. Nevertheless, there are four enemies of the Kanduma. Four enemies of the Kanduma. Four enemies of the Kandu person. An enemy of the Kandu person is something that prevents you and I from becoming Kandu people. What do you think? After this, we'll talk about steps to become a Kandu person. So I said, by the time we finish this series, if you want to be a Kandu person, you'll be a Kandu person. Hallelujah to Jesus. Amen. The first. Enemy of a Kandu person will be found in Numbers chapter 14, verse 1 to 4. Numbers chapter 14. Verse 1 to 4. And the congregation, and all the congregation lifted up their voice and cried. And the people wept that night. And all the children of Israel murmured against Moses and against Aaron. And the whole congregation said unto them, Would God that we had died in the land of Egypt, or would God we had died in the wilderness? Verse 3. Verse, uh, yeah, verse 3. And wherefore hath the Lord brought us unto this land to fall by the sword that our wives and our children should be their prey? Were it not better for us to return into Egypt? And they said one to another, let us make a captain and let us return into Egypt. The Bible says in Corinthians that the people murmured against Moses, and because of that, God destroyed many of them. 
the first step or the first enemy of the can-do person is a memory, someone who murmurs. Memory. Memory. Philippians chapter 2, verse 14. Do all things without dispute in memory. Because God knows the horror of memory. Do all things without memory and without disputing. Anytime we murmur, and you see, when you are memory, you, you, you are complaining, but you are undertone complaint. You are memory, you are complaining. You, 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 are, you are discontent. Now, the people of God were saying that we should have died. I mean, what is the point? What have you brought, brought us out of Egypt to die in the wilderness? It's better we should have been in Egypt. So the people cried to God. The Bible says that they cried to God for 400 years for God to deliver them. They wept. They cried as they were in Egypt as slaves. They wept. And then God heard their cry. Of course, it was a prophecy to Abraham that 400 years or 430 years, depending on where you are counting, Acts says uh, 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 says it, and then uh, uh, Genesis says it, God told Abraham, and then Stephen was recounting it. But the 400 years and 430 years depends on the timeline, the, the start of it and the end. Hallelujah. Now, they wept for 400 years. God said that, then God brought Moses to save them. God heard their cry. Now Moses saved them. They were barricaded. They, 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 they were trapped in front of the Sea of Reeds or the Red Sea. And the Egyptians were there, the army, to destroy them. And then God told Moses to stretch his rod, his hand, his rod towards the sea. And the sea parted. The great miracles. A pillar of cloud by day. A pillar of fire by night. Water in the desert. Manna from heaven. That was not enough. Oh, what was the point that we should have died in Egypt? What was the point? Why, why, why did God bring us here to come and die in the wilderness? So you see that many people, they complain about their Christian lives or they complain about their lives. They complain as if, what, what is the point of life? I'm tired of life. I'm tired of this. I'm tired of that. If God were to say, oh, you are tired of life. Okay, come. Come. Come home. What happened to Elijah? Elijah was complaining. And God said, come, come, just before you come, go and anoint Elijah to be prophet in your room. Come, it's time to come. Memoring, God doesn't like it. Especially when God has planned your life out. He says that I know the plans I have towards you. Plans of good and not of evil to bring you to an expected end. When you remember, you are removing faith from your, your, the picture. Anyone who murmurs is displeasing God. So how is God going to help someone who is displeasing him? When you are murmuring, it shows you are walking in unbelief. Or like a man of God said, you are embalmed with unbelief. When you are murmuring. Because someone who is murmuring is saying that, I'm complaining about life, I'm complaining about this, I'm complaining about church. Every time church, the pastor says this, I'm tired. What is this to the pastor? You are embalmed with memory. Complain about life. This person has this. I don't have it. That person has this. Jesus said, beware of covetousness. A man's life 
does not consist of the abundance of the things that he possesses. Memory will rob us, will rob us of God's plans for our life. This is somebody who does not say things to the hearing aloud of others. They speak undertone and not open, even against God. I'm, I'm pretty sure I've never against God in the past. But sometimes it's like, I've got to, well, he, uh, the Bible says this, but God, why didn't you do it? There's a difference between asking God, God, why didn't you do this? That's no memory. God, how could you allow this? That's no memory. God, I, I don't understand. How could you allow this? I mean, God, I, I don't understand. How could you do such a thing? Even that is no memory, at least not to me. How, how, how could you allow this? God, what happened? How could you allow this, Lord? But memory is when you are saying, you are crying and you are saying that, what is the point? What is the point? Uh, 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 we should have, what was the point? Uh, uh, what? Would God that we had died in the land of Egypt, meaning it's better that we had died in Egypt or we had remained in Egypt than to die in the wilderness. Just because there's a small trap. Just because there is a, a small, and I'm saying small because the Bible says that our present sufferings are for a moment and are not worthy to be compared. The Bible also says our light affliction, he calls our affliction, which is wild for all of us, he calls it our light affliction. So our light affliction according to God, not according to me, because I'm part of, I'm, we are all in the same boat. But God says our light affliction, because of that, you are saying, God, it was better that I was in the world. I've come to Christ and look at the things I'm going through. I've heard this a number of times. I've come to Christ. Things were okay with me before I became a Christian. Now I'm a Christian. Now look at all the things that are happening to me. Look at all the difficulties. Look at the things I'm suffering because I'm a Christian. What is the point? Let me go back to the world. Let me go back to the world. What is the point? I better go back to the world. Anytime you remember, even against a person, against your pastor, Yes, because if you don't like something, just be quiet. If, you, if the pastor says, let's do something and you cannot do it, don't do it. It's better to say, I'm not doing it than to remember. Why? Let's read it again. Numbers chapter 14, verse 1. And all the congregation lifted up their voice and cried, and the people wept that night. And all the children of Israel murmured against Moses and against Aaron. And it goes on. Now, as you read it, you realize that God took it personally. Because why did God take it personally? Because if God sent Moses to lead the people, and God gives Moses an instruction, do A, do B, do C. Take the people, not the 40-day journey, but 40-year journey. Take the people, don't give them meat yet, because I want them to live. Rather, it's, give them my breakfast. Give them the manna. 
and you are complaining, complaining, complaining. Why Moses? Why Aaron? God took it personally because it was God's instructions that they were remembering about. It was God. That's why when Eli's, his children were misbehaving and the people of Israel said, you know what? We want a king like the other nations. Give us a king like the other nations. We want a king. We don't want you to be a prophet of us anymore. Give us kings. Then Eli was very sad. Eli was brokenhearted. The people have rejected me. God said, straighten up. Wipe your face. They have not rejected you. They have actually rejected me from reigning over them. So what I'm saying is that if an instruction has been given by God, or God says, we are all fasting, or God says something, if you cannot do it, it's better to just say, I'm not part of this, than to murmur. Because when you are murmuring, you are murmuring, you can easily find yourself murmuring against God. Uh, pastor, these pastors of this day, they are trying to make it so much that they are trying to bring fear. Ananias and Sapphira. That's the New Testament, not Old Testament. And they lie to him. If they saw God physically, they would not have lied to God. Now, someone might not know what I'm talking about because I'm talking to a crowd. It might not be, uh, not everyone might be a Christian watching. I'll quickly tell you the story. Uh, my time is also up. So we'll just talk about memory in the first and then we'll continue next week, God willing. Then there are steps, seven steps to become a can-do person. But let's talk about that. Now, in the in Acts, the Bible says that the children of God, they had they share things in common. They, they had things together. People would sell land, give it to the apostles and say, you know what, divide it to the widows, divide it for, to the poor. They had, they, they, there was a lot of giving to the poor and helping widows. It was a lot in the early church. And when you read from Old Testament, from Genesis to Revelation, it's very clear that the Christian's duty is to help poor people and to help be charitable. And when you read Psalms and some of the, 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 the Old Testament, the Bible calls the people who don't do that wicked. That one, it's, it's up to the hearer. But the apostles, what happened is that a, 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 a pastor, maybe Pastor Fred will sell land. Maybe he has 20 lands or 50 lands. And he sells a land for 10,000, no, sorry, for 200,000, and it gives 200,000. Then Jackson X sells a land for 50,000 and tells the apostles, I sold it for 50,000, but I'm giving you 10,000. Then Susan has two lands and sells the two lands for 300,000 and says that I've sold it for 300,000. Here is 10,000 even, he clarified. Then Ananias and Sapphira said, you know what? We want honor in front of everyone. We want people to know that we are very committed and faithful. So they sold land for $200,000. Of course, I'm giving an example, the, the money amount. They sold land for $200,000. And then they said, let's tell the apostles that we sold it for $100,000 and we are giving all the $100,000. This doesn't look like something to die for. I mean... For me, I don't think it's something to die for, but I'm not, I mean, God is greater than us. And he thought death was warranted for such an action. Then they went to uh, uh, the apostle, the apostle, but Peter. And Ananias said, 
Jackson has sold, yes, everybody has sold. Now I have land and I sold it for 100,000. Here is all the money. Then Peter said, ah, Ananias. When the land was yours, was it not in your own power to sell the land and to give me a dollar? Why have you tempted the spirit of grace? Why have you lied to the Holy Ghost? You have not lied unto men, but unto God. He died on the spot as he did it. So it doesn't mean that when you lie to your pastor, you die. I'm just talking about the fact that when you lie to even a, a, a young boy who God has spoken to, and you lie about it, or you lie to God's representative or a pastor about something, or you, you murmur about something God has ordained, God takes it that you are memory against him. It doesn't mean anybody's going to die. <laughs> Even though, uh, I don't know, I'm not God, so I don't know how he plans things. Then God wanted to give Sapphira a second a chance. The man has made an error. Let's see what the wife will do. If it was me and I lied, God forbid, and I've been called by the leader, and the leader says, how much, and I know that my husband has already come to him. Then the leader says, how much did you sell the land? Did you sell it for 100,000? I would have thought that my husband has been caught in a lie, and I would just correct myself. But Sapphira said, yes, we sold it for 100,000. Then he said, why did you lie to God? You have not lied to men. You have lied unto God. By the way, the feet of the men who carried your husband's dead body out of here, they are waiting behind the door to take your dead body, and she died also. What does this mean? Why, why did I tell you this? I told you this to let you know that sometimes an act against someone or a Christian can be an act against God himself. Is there an example in the Bible? Sure, otherwise I'll not be saying it. Look at Apostle Paul or Saul of Tarsus, who was persecuting the Christians. And he was on his way to Damascus to persecute more Christians and to imprison them and bind them with chains, fastened back to Jerusalem. As he was on his way on the road to Damascus, a light from heaven was shining and threw him off the horse. And he couldn't see anymore. Then he heard the voice saying, Saul, Saul, in the Hebrew tongue, why are you persecuting me? Ah. Then he said, who are you, Lord? I am Jesus of Nazareth, whom you are persecuting. It is hard to kick against the pricks, meaning that as you keep persecuting Christ, you are kicking, you are kicking against nails, you are bleeding, you are hurting yourself. So Jesus was saying that Apostle Paul's persecuting the fellow Christians was persecuting he himself, Jesus. So it means that anytime we defame the church, we defame Christians, we are defaming Christ. If if someone defames my neck, let's, let's assume there's a nasty mark on my neck and people are mocking it. They are actually mocking me, not my neck. If I have something big in my hand 
which is so nasty that people are disgusted by it and are mocking me because of it. They are actually, mock, even though they are mocking my hand, they are mocking me. I mean, you understand what I'm saying? Because my hand is part of my body. And you and I are the body of Christ. So when we mock or we destroy a fellow Christian, we are destroying Jesus himself. So in the same way, when we murmur, when God has given the pastor an instruction to do something and you murmur against, that's why I said it's better to just sit yourself. Never mind. I'm not going to do it. It's not by force. No one is going to come for you. God will just take it that you don't want to do it. If there are blessings in that, you don't get it. If there's nothing in it, then you don't lose anything. But if God gives the instruction, you lose out. I, I don't know if you're getting what I'm saying. Very, very important. Very, very important. So the first enemy of the can-do person, the first of four, the other three are hot and very powerful, which we cannot talk about today. But Someone who murmurs. And then I read, do all things, Philippians 2.14, do all things without memories and disputes. All things. All things. All things. Uh, every time. Offerings. These churches, pastors, every time. We are raising funds for this. We are raising funds for that. You look on Christian television every time. Ah, there they go again, these pastors. Then they go again. But if God spoke to the pastor to do it, to raise funds to uh, 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 save some people on the streets, and you are saying this, you're not saying to the pastor. The pastor, it wasn't the pastor's idea. So it's God's idea. So your memory against God. That's one aspect of memory. The other aspect of memory is memorying about your life. Oh, I'm tired of life. What is this life? Uh, uh, um, this wretched life. I'm, 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 I'm just tired of life. I'm tired. You are tired? Okay, come. Oh, I, 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 I'm so angry. God, I, I mean, what's the point of this Christianity? I'm not seeing any fruits. I was better off in the world. Let me go back to the world. Yes, it's memory. No one shouts and sees it. You see it under tone. If you shout it, it's even worse. A memory cannot be a Kandu person. Cannot. It's an enemy of the Kandu person. The Kandu person knows that there are issues, knows that there are setbacks, is very upset about certain things, is not happy about certain things, but I can do. And not The Kandu person knows that even though it looked like things were better in the world, things are not better in the world. The world looks like it's, it, it's nice. But that is where death is. Life is in front of us. And God has never promised that there will be no difficulties. There's no scripture. You won't find a single scripture that says that in our Christian lives there will be no difficulties. Not in our Bible, not in the Bible, maybe in another religious book, but not in this. That there'll be no difficulties. Actually, you rather find many other afflictions of the righteous, but the Lord delivered them out of them all. You rather hear about our present sufferings, our light afflictions. You hear more about those things. You hear more about, for it is, for it, uh, uh, 
for it, for we have been given on the behalf of Christ, not only to believe on him, but also to suffer for his sake. I think it's Philippians 1, 27. So, so you, hear, you hear those words. So I'm, I'm not sure where some of the Christians got the theory that there's no suffering. But as soon as I come to Christianity, all suffering is over. I think it's Philippians 1, 29. For unto you it is given in the behalf of Christ, not only to believe on him, but also to suffer for his sake. You find those scriptures. You don't find the scriptures that say everything is hunky-dory. Rather, you find scriptures that say, fight the good fight of faith. That say that we are wrestling against entities, spiritual wickedness, against principalities and powers. You find those ones. So memory is as if God did not forewarn us. Memory is as if Romans chapter 8 did not say nothing, nothing shall separate us from the love of God. Shall tribulation, shall distress, shall famine, shall nakedness, shall peril, shall sword. No, nay. Then he goes on to say, for we are killed all the day long. We are counted as sheep for the slaughter. Nay, in all these things, we are more than conquerors through Christ Jesus. So it means that in spite of some of the difficulties, we will come out on top. That's why Jesus said that he, he talked about the person who built his hand, his house on the sand and the person who built his house on the solid rock. The one who hears his words and does not do it is the similar to a person who built his house on the sand. The person who hears Jesus' words and does it is similar to a person who built his house on the rock. Now, I'm just going to talk about one difference, even though it's a very powerful thing we can talk about. But what I want to say is that the storms and the winds came and blew and hit both of them. It hit the house of the person who, who, whose house was built on the sand. It also hit the house of the one whose house was built on the, on the word of God. So it means that the storms of life will come to everyone. But the one who glorifies God, but the one who has God, the one who is in the way, the one who is strong in Jesus, when the suns blow and the storms hit, the person will still be standing strong. Hallelujah. So you and I, in spite of everything that's happening, we must understand that at least if we are guilty, it should rather be guilty of, even though we shouldn't because God doesn't like it, at least be guilty of memory about other things, but not about your life and what God is doing. Because God has always told us that will never leave us nor forsake us. And you will never give us any temptation or trial or difficulty. That is not common to man. And that God is faithful and he will never give us any temptation or difficulty that we are not able to overcome. And with every temptation, he would also give us a way of escape so that we will be able to bear it. Even if he just gave us the first, which is that he will never give us anything we cannot overcome. That's enough. But he's so faithful that he added a way of escape also. So ladies and gentlemen, memoring against God, memoring about our lives is not good. It does not mean we shouldn't say, like David, God, why is it that other people, I mean, ask the questions you need to ask. God, God knows it. Ah, but God, I don't understand. How can I be paid tight and I've lost this money? No, I don't understand, God. Yeah, I, I, I can't tell it. Oh, yes, I will say it any day because the Bible supports that. 
God, your word says it. What happened, Lord? There's nothing wrong with that. Oh, but my life, it was better in the world. Oh, really? So Jesus died for nothing for you, and you, you say it's better in the world. God will take offense to that. Hallelujah. The first enemy of the Kandu man or woman is the memory. I'm not out of word. I'm just out of time. Next week, God willing, we'll continue with the other three enemies of the Kandu person. And then if there is time, or, or uh, we will talk about the seven steps, or we will start the seven steps to become Kandu people. If we don't finish next week, it's our church. We're not in a hurry. We'll just continue. Amen. Shall we share a word of prayer? Father God, in Jesus' name, we want to thank you for your word. We want to thank you for the can-do man and can-do woman. Thank you, O oh God, for Philippians chapter uh, 4, verse uh, uh, 13, which says, I can do all things through Christ, which strengthens me. Thank you, O oh God. Thank you. Thank you. We pray, O oh God, in Jesus' name, that you give us the strength we need. You, you, you give us, increase our faith. Father God, we know you have already given to us the measure of faith You've dealt to every one of us the measure of faith. We pray, oh God, that you give us the grace to walk with you, to walk in the light of your word. We pray, oh God, that every single one of us will not be memories. Deliver us from memory. Lord, we don't want to memory anymore. We don't want to memory anymore. We want to be truthful. We want to be, we, we want to appreciate you. We know that memory does not show, uh, 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 does not give us the sign or that does not show you that we appreciate what you did. Anytime we remember, we are memory against you. Anytime we remember about our life and we remember about things, we are trying to tell you that we don't appreciate what you did on the cross. So forgive us for all memory, Lord. And we pray that you give us a grace not to remember or complain about our lives, but to appreciate what you've done for us in the name of Jesus Christ. Whilst we are praying, if you do not know Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior, you know in your heart that you are far away from God. You know in your heart that if you die today, you do not know whether you go to heaven or hell. Now, I want to also say that if you are not born again, you are not a child of God, then that measure of faith needed to be a can-do person, you don't have it. Because faith is for the believer. The believer is a person who has faith in Jesus. And God make sure that that faith moves mountains. That faith makes them can do people. So if you don't have Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior, then this message cannot apply to you. But if you want to say, Pastor, I know in my heart I'm far away from God. I, I, I'm tired of my sins. I'm tired and I want salvation. I want the new birth experience. If you want to be born again, then I want you to repeat after me with all your heart. Now, it's very important to repeat after me this because we must believe and confess that Jesus Christ is God. He's the Son of God. He's Lord. We must believe that he died on the cross for our sins and his blood was shed for our sins. We must believe that God raised him physically. He was raised from the dead. And we must ask him into our hearts. So if you want Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior, then repeat after me. Heavenly Father, I come, I come to you in the name of Jesus Christ. I come to you in the name of Jesus Christ. I confess that Jesus Christ is Lord. 
Jesus Christ. I believe that he died on the cross for my sins and his blood was shed for my sins. I believe that he died on the cross and his blood was shed for my sins. I believe that God raised him from the dead. I believe that God raised him from the dead. Lord Jesus, please come into my heart and come into my life. Lord Jesus, please come into my heart and come into my life. Please forgive me for my sins and cleanse me from all unrighteousness. Please forgive me for all my sins and cleanse me from all unrighteousness. From today, I belong to Jesus Christ. From today, I belong to Jesus Christ. Thank you, Lord Jesus, for saving me. Thank you, Lord Jesus, for saving me. In the name of Jesus Christ, our Lord, amen. In the name of Jesus Christ, our Lord, amen. Oh, hallelujah. If you pray this prayer, you are born again. we share with a prayer? Father God, we thank you for salvation. Strengthen, help, keep, preserve these. Show them more of you. And draw them near unto thee. Deliver them from every stumbling block and everything that will prevent them from devoting themselves to you. In the name of Jesus Christ. Shall we share a word of blessing before I let you go? Father God, we thank you for everyone watching. We pray, oh God, for your blessing. The blessings that you have already provided for in the death, burial, and resurrection of our Lord Jesus Christ. We walk in them. We accept them. We take hold of them. We, we accept them into our lives. And we, we, we lay hold of them that they are for us. Father God, we thank you for all the things that you've done in our lives. Father God, we pray that you keep us and you preserve us. Deliver us from evil. Provide for us. May the Lord bless you and keep you. May the Lord Jesus cause his face to shine upon you. May he lift up his countenance upon you. And may he give you peace. May God, God's blessings which make rich and added no sorrows be your portion all the days of your life. May you walk in blessing. May you go out in blessings. May you come home in blessings. May you be blessed in everything you do. Amen. In this life. In Jesus' name. Amen. God bless you. Thanks for joining us. And shalom, shalom. Welcome, Pastor.